Yes, guys, welcome back to Onto the Ball. It's me and Travis here um, to go over Marcus Rashford, Manchester United. What is going on? Um, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're new to the channel. Travis, how are you, brother? Welcome to another episode of Man United. That's <laughs> another story, isn't it? But I'm it's like with... EastEnders, isn't it? <laughs> Tune in next time. Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, work, gym. I'm ready for the podcast. I'm ready, mate. Nice. Let's get into it. Trav, honestly, this is authentic as it gets. I don't really know the full story. So what's the public story? What's what you've heard in the background? Because you've got your ear to the ground with all the Man United group chats and stuff. And then what do you think the fallout's going to be from this? Right. So it all stems from Rashford being in Belfast to do some sort of like promotional work in a school, I reckon it was, or, he, or it was some young kids, like 16, 17-year-olds. He did a bit of a talk. And then this was on the Wednesday. And then on the Thursday, he was still in Belfast, but he was meant to report for training on the Friday. But what's happened is, is he's gone out, apparently he's gone out Thursday night and stayed out till there's two different reports. One said that he got in at midnight. One said he got in at 3am after like a load of tequilas and stuff. And he just crashed out on his bed fully clothed. And then he's got a private jet back to Manchester and then rang in sick for training. When was that private on jet? Friday, Friday morning? Friday morning, yeah. So he got a private jet, rang in sick, said he couldn't train. But then all these videos got leaked on social media that he was out and in these bars and clubs and stuff. So that's why Sunday, when they asked Ten Hag about it, he said it was an internal matter and the club were dealing with it. So the aftermath is, um, from quite reputable sources like Chris Wheeler and stuff who report on United, is that he's been fined a maximum of two weeks' wages and the game that's been met, which is about 650 grand, and then the game that he's been that he got punished was the Newport game. So he's available for selection on Thursday against Wolves. Of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> what's it, so what's his mitigated factors, or has he not got any? No, he's he's totally accepted responsibility for it. Um, I don't know what sort of state he was in. I don't think that's been clarified. What the facts are, he definitely went out, he definitely got caught being out. He's allowed to go out, but you're not allowed to miss training as the at the expense of going out, and that's where the that's where the errors come. So he's called in sick. He, he's lied about it, but he's accepted responsibility, accepted his punishment, and apparently it's not gone down with well with some of the sections of the dressing room. I think they're quite disappointed with his behaviour, and what he's sort of doing now a little bit is building a, a picture and a bit of a catalogue about these like things that are happening. He was late. It's quite ironic, actually, against Wolves earlier in the season. He missed that game um, for being late while well, he was on the bench. Um, what was so last he, season, wasn't it? No, that was this season, I think. Was it really? Yeah, Wolves. No, wasn't. No, it wasn't. Because remember, Wolves was your first game of the season. Yeah, that was last season. So that yeah. last season. Because he came yeah. on and scored the winner, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that was last season. Yeah, I apologise. But yeah, it's, it's the second incident of lateness. How many other incidents of lateness is lateness he's had? Um, I don't know. He's probably had more that he's not been severely punished by. But that I mean that happens at clubs, players being late and stuff. But to ring in sick when you've been drinking, 
I think he does warrant his punishment personally. But I think there's more than what meets the eye with Marcus Rashford at the moment um, and his form. And I know he's had a lot going off in his personal life and stuff. What do you think he's thinking right now? Because I don't know about you, but I watched the um, the overlap religiously. Roy Keane, Ian Wright, Jimev, Cara, uh, that Jill, the Geordie bird. Yeah. Um, and they've got this in-running joke now that Roy Keane will say, great bunch of lads, or he's a great lad, great lad to have in the dressing room. And they always joke about it now. Like, it doesn't matter if you were that good at football, as long as you were a great lad and, and you'd go to battle, you'd go to war, you could count on that lad because he was a great lad. Yeah. What do you think the rest of the dressing room are thinking? When I mean, is he still your star boy? I mean, depending who you speak to, is his, is his star fallen? I think... The last four or five years, without a doubt, he's been our best attacker or most productive attacker, at least. I think he's scored the most goals and I think he's created the most goals for an attacker. I think probably only Bruno Fernandes has created more than him. But that's the thing. The bigger you are, the harder you fall. And things like this are going to be magnified, especially when your club's struggling and you're not doing well as an individual and the team's playing poorly. You you just become more of a scapegoat when things like this happen. So. I think to say he's a star boy, he's not a boy anymore. He's 26 yeah. years old. Do you know what I mean? He should be coming towards his peak years. And I think he's at a little bit of a crossroads at the moment. I think there'll be plenty. I think I don't think he's in that much of a position of power where he's going to be. He'll have offers. If he's available for transfer, he'll definitely have clubs that will oh, take yeah, it. Yeah, wouldn't he? Yeah, he will. He'll have I'm not chance. talking like he's finished, are we? But we're, what no. we're, basically what we're trying to allude to is he finished at Man United. I he think had problems he, under Oli, didn't he? I'd love now, him to stay. Yeah, I'd love him to stay, but I do actually think he needs a clean break. I've always liked Marcus Rashford most of the time as a player. I think he went through a really, really poor spell like this season and a couple of years ago he went through a poor spell. Poor spell. What I've always said about Marcus Rashford is that I think he's put on too high of a pedestal. I think they they build teams around him, compare him to Mbappe, all this stuff in the papers. And I don't think that sort of helps him. I don't know if he's a person that reads social media or sees what people see a lot. But I don't. I think the pressure's too, a lot for him with the MBE and all the stuff that he was doing in schools and stuff. I think England have put him on this pedestal and made him a bit of a figurehead. And now they can't wait to bring him down. I mean, at the end of the day, players are late. Do you know what I mean? They are late. They, they, they're reporting late. They ring in sick. They do this, they do that. And he's done his punishment. He's accepted responsibility for it. He hasn't publicly done it, which I don't think you should have to do. And he's going to be back in the squad. And I think anything he can do to help himself, he needs to do now. Because with this change in the hierarchy and the structural changes that we're doing... I don't think I think they're going to be pretty serious. I don't think they're going to take this rubbish going on in and around the club with players being late and stuff. I think that you'll only get a couple of strikes and they'll look to get rid of you. I think they're really something good. flashed up on my phone today, Trav. I don't know if it did with you. It might have been an athletic. We both subscribed to that, don't we? Something to do with Rashford and Ineos. Won't yeah, stand for it or something. What well, I didn't click on it and read it. What was that about? Yeah, so the article was basically describing that he's he's not only got to contend with Tenag, he's got to contend with Ineos now. So although the deal's not been ratified, they're basically saying like all eyes on 
errors, all eyes on like misdemeanors and stuff. And Ineos will be watching closely to see who's going to be part of the future of the club because they're already making big changes at, at with the hierarchy. Obviously, they've employed a CEO now. They've got rid of a load of lo load of different negotiators and, and members of staff have resigned and walked out and stuff. So there's going to be a lot of movement. So I I, I don't think any player is safe under Ineos. I, I don't think you can categorically say this player is 100% part of the future. I think everybody's vulnerable at the moment. And that does include Rashford. I know he's got the big contract, but if his performances don't improve and he do, and he don't start and he doesn't start to show the right mentality, then I think they will look at his future and think if a big offer comes in, why not? What were you saying on the voice note this morning? You said some juicy stuff. Yeah. I need to know about your contacts. Some, did you say him and his missus are split up or something? Like, Oh, yeah, this was quite well documented. This wasn't anything personal, contacts and stuff, but this was quite well documented from before. Um, I think his fiance he was with for quite some time and, and they had a, a split up earlier in, I think it might have been this season or earlier last season, and that was all over the, the media and quite well documented about that. I think he had some st stuff with his brother that went off as well overseas with with some sort of criminal case as well, which was um, detailed. So I think he's got a lot going off in his head personally. I don't think he's in the right headspace at the moment. And so, and everybody sort of needs somebody to turn to when they're struggling mentally as well. We've all been there with stuff where you need people that you can rely on. And I think he probably feels a little bit isolated at the moment. He feels a little bit lost. And I think the biggest thing as well, sometimes with your job, you use your job as a little bit of an escape from real life. Mm. But if you're disillusioned by the project and work's not going well, we've all been there in jobs. When your job's not going well, how much does it affect your personal life? So I think he's, it's probably, he can't find that safe space. All this stuff at home's not going right. Then he goes into work and the team's playing rubbish and the tactics are poor and he's not getting chances and he scored one goal. And, and he probably does, he's probably suffering a lot at the moment, Marcus Rashford. But if the club have got, like top employees, top psychiatrists, top mental health coaches and stuff. I'm sure they'll be putting an arm around him, trying to get to the root of the problems and doing everything that they can to get him back on track. I still think there's a player in there, but whether that's at Man United, I'm not 100% sure at the moment. Ten Hag. <laughs> We've said it before. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, Jaden Sancho, Mason Greenwood... Raphael Varane. Marcus Rashford now, Raphael Varane, Harry Maguire. Let's let's not make any bones about it. He tried to oust him from the club. He's just not in my plans. He refused to go to West Ham. He's not had it easy, has he? He must have looked at this and thinking, Jesus, wept. What next? No, he hasn't. And in slightly in Tenog's defense, like when you're coming in and you're trying to set a culture, you're going to get players that don't like it. You are going to get that. Do you know what I mean? So um, you would expect him to have some fallouts of some sort of magnitude, but I think it's the way he goes about the fallouts and the way he approaches certain situations. He hasn't always covered himself in glory, and I don't think he's been 100% consistent with the way that he's sanctioned players as well. And I think that's been quite highlighted and documented in the media as well about players being disgruntled with the inconsistency. But and again, again, in fairness to him, managers they do have favourites. They do have players that they want to build the team around. And Rashford got the big contract. Bruno got the captaincy. 
and you live and die by your choices. And and he is one of those players that Tenag has chosen, along with the hierarchy that they chose to build the club around and go forward with. So it's going to be within their best interest to keep someone like Marcus Rashford on side. He'll be a powerful character in the dressing room. He's a powerful figurehead with the fans in some ways. Um, so I think what the last thing he wants now from now till May is just Rashford being bombed from the squad and not playing because that's just, I mean, his, his position as manager is already vulnerable. So I think if he does that, I think that'll be the nail in the coffin. Like if we drop Rash from now to the end of the season and we continue with this poor form, I think we've lost 14 out of 30 matches. Like it's nearly half. Do you know what I mean? So if we drop Rashford totally from the squad and then we carry on that sort of ratio, he will guaranteed lose his job. I don't think he can afford to drop Rashford for too long because I just don't think there's anyone else who's consistent enough in that forward line at the moment. And uh, not forgetting there's Euro 2024 on the horizon. Mm. Rashford's going to be wanting into that squad, isn't he? So he's still yeah. going to have ambitions for this season. He just needs to get his head down, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. And And this is the thing, like, I'm not, like, deflecting everything away from Rashford. He's got his own duty in this as well. He has, he's got responsibilities. And if he's got stuff going on in, in his private life, he needs to get that sorted and get that addressed mentally. But like you said, his football is, is, is the main thing. That's what he gets paid for. He's got to get on it. He's got to bring that professionalism back in his game. I've never associated Rashford as somebody that's not got a bad attitude. I think he's been accused of not pressing in games, not giving 100% all the time. But I think when he does that, you can see with his body language that something ain't right. Because when Rashford's on it, he works really hard. I've always known him as somebody who don't give up. He's a hardworking player. He always looks to... He's, he's, he's a team player for me. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't see him as somebody that's selfish and all out for himself. But he, he has changed that a little bit. So something's not quite right. There's a disconnect there. And whether I, I, this reminds me a little bit of, do you know when Paul Pogba at the back of Paul Pogba when he when he left Man United and the fans were booing him and he was biting back to the crowd and stuff, it's looking blowing like, them kisses, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and he was getting abused. I can remember a home game against Norwich and the fans were corning him and he was like going mad back at him and laughing and like going like this and saying, yeah, carry on talking and stuff like that. It's the way I can see this Rashford thing going because when he scored. In the last home game we had, he, he celebrated and went like that to the fans, like saying, keep talking, Rashford did. So he's yeah. obviously not feeling the love from the fans either. So, yeah, I, I think this is only going one way, to be honest with you. But how quick, I don't know. Because if you think about it, Sancho's leaving. Anthony's been linked with a move away. If we lose Rash, we're going to only have got Nacho and Hoyland left. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Greenwood's not coming back. You've got... Um, Palestri, who's gone on loan today to Granada, we're literally running out of options. Like, literally, we're gonna have two strike, two attackers. So, like you say, Ten Hag can't afford to fall out of Rashford in more way than one. Yeah. Uh, not just the value of him as an investment, but on the pitch. Uh, Josh has joined us again. Cheers, Josh, Thank legend. Josh. I uh, really appreciate you tuning in. He says, I'm really disappointed with Rashi. He's someone I've always tried to defend, but he's not helping himself at the moment. Yeah, that, that's a good point for you, Travis. Where are you right now as a Man United fan? And if it is kind of, I think you've hinted, it's it probably a bit inevitable that it's the end of Rashford at Man United. What kind of price are we talking? Oh, we've got to be talking six. If like 
Richarlison went to Spurs for 60 million. You got to be talking around that figure for me. Like, because he's still 26, so he could go to a team and, like, tear it up. Like, you could get a good three, four years out of him. Um, whether we sell to another Premier League club, I don't know. Because I think you'd have clubs like Chelsea. I don't think Man City, but I think clubs like Chelsea and that would try and probably nick him. Do you know what I mean? They, they've, they've done it with Sterling and stuff like that. They do, like, their English players, Cole Palmer and stuff like that. Um, and they need a forward. Chelsea will be looking for a forward in the summer. So I can see that move happening. I know PSG are heavily interested in him as well. I think a club would pay 60 million for Rashford. Definitely. With his pace. You just know he'll go and smash it where he goes. I think he oh, will. Yeah. I think he, he would. would. I think he would smash it. In a in a fluid system, him just running off the back of a fullback, just slipping him in. He, he'd score plenty of goals. Um, but I, like you said, I, I'm with Josh. Like, I'm a massive Rashford fan, but like you said, there's only so much you can defend someone until you have to say they've got to start taking responsibility for their behaviour and their actions and they've got to hold their hands up. But Call them a bad egg and wash your hands. Yeah, like, I, this is the thing, though. Like, how how much of it can you tolerate? How much... Like, if... See, the, the thing is, when I think back to, like, Fergie and how he used to punish people, I mean, Wayne Rooney, he missed a Boxing Day game one time because he went out um, on the 23rd, the day before Christmas Eve and got smashed or something. And Fergie dropped him on bo for the Boxing Day game and then he was in the squad. So that was, again, dealt with internally. So it's not like these things don't happen as run-of-the-mill. So it's, it's, it's hard to not blow it out of proportion. But I think where the fans are getting disgruntled is when they've seen Sancho underperforming in training and he just got banished for months on end. And then you see other players as well that are just like not involved, not given a chance. And then Rashford can it can seemingly like to a degree do what he wants and then just walk straight back into the squad. I think that's what's getting the fans back up a lot with that inconsistency. I think that's the main thing. But People are saying the huge difference is Rashford apologised and accepted it. Sancho didn't. So there is that element to it as well. But you never truly know what's gone off. I think there's an element of mm. Rashford, the fact that he sort of carried Man United with his goals last season and, and in previous seasons. There's a little bit more affection towards him than Sancho. And they probably see Sancho as more of a, a longer term problem and, and somebody that they can cash in on and get the money back for. So yeah, that's what that's the way I'm seeing it at the moment. What's the majority of the fan base saying, Trav? The majority of the fan base are really unhappy at the moment. They they see it as favorite. Yeah, they see it as favoritism. They're fed up of Rashford. They're fed up of his wow. season that he's having this year. They think he's not working out hard enough. They don't see him fighting for Man United anymore. They're seeing a player who's like sort of fell out of love with the club a little bit. And I can even see that as a big Rashford fan. And that's why I'm saying a clean break might be the best for both parties. He can get his career back on track. But you hit the nail on the head with Euro 2024 coming up. He's going to want to come back into form these next six months to make sure he's on the plane because... If he don't get on the plane, he'll be devastated. Do you know what I mean? The next, he can't, he can't keep missing tournaments. 26, all of a sudden you're 27, 28, 29. The next tournament comes around. You've only got one tournament left. You ain't going to a tournament when you're 31 with mm -hmm. what England have got coming through on the carousel. So, yeah, this could be his last two major tournaments. So he's got to get himself into gear immediately. Done, dusted.
any of you back in for Wolves? Or do you think this might rumble on a couple of appearances on the bench? I don't think he'll start against Wolves. I don't he hasn't think started many recently, hasn't he? Has he been dropped? Yeah, last... he, he come back into the side, but he did get dropped for about four or five games consecutively. That was just purely down to form. Like Tenag said, I want him to come back. I'm trying everything, but it just it just wasn't working. So he took him out of the team, played Garnacho and Anthony, um, and the fans preferred that. And then he brought Rashford back in. Um and he scored at home against, I forgot who it was now. I think it might have been Villa or something at home. I can't remember now. But yeah, um, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a critical moment in the season for Ten Hag and Rashford. And what sort of relationship they've got, I don't know. I mean, it seemed real last season, it was unbelievable. It, 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 I mean, Rashford spoke really highly of Ten Hag last season and how things were going and stuff. But it's obviously deteriorated. Rashford doesn't look happy at Man United. But do, do, does anyone look happy at Man United at the moment? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Is there anyone that looks confident about where the club's going at the moment? I mean, we've got mm. a CEO, we've got Ineos, but there's, there's still a lot to be unravelled at United and a lot of change and, and, and a lot of things to happen before anybody can confidently say where we're going to be in the next couple of years. It's all going to be played out, I'm sure, for the rest of the season. Next up is Wolves Thursday night. Tough game. Um, yeah, it will be a tough game. I won't be able to uh, come on and do a live after that, Trav, because it's the wife's 40th birthday. Ah, oh, lovely. So there'll be a little sabbatical from onto the ball for at least a couple of days. Uh, but you might see us back on the weekend. Trav, cheers for your time. What match are you watching tonight? Being a um, boy, not a non-forest. I might, I might put that game on. What time is it now? I've got, I'm going to make some dinner after the gym. I'm going to whip up some salmon and stuff and then probably have a couple of the games on, see what's what. But I plan to not go to the gym tomorrow because I know Chelsea, Liverpool's on and Man City are on and Spurs as well. So I think that's probably a juicier day. So, yeah. That's the big I'll, one. That's the big one tomorrow, mate. So, yeah, I'll be yeah. locked in tomorrow. Nice one. Uh, if anyone's made it this far, don't forget to like and subscribe. It helps us out loads. Trav, I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Cheers, guys. Oh, you beauty! What a headshot!